0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Let's pray and let's jump into the word. Father, thank you so much for your presence in this room again. We thank you for what you're going to do today, what you're going to speak today. Father, I feel your spirit so strong in this room. And I thank you, Father, that there is purpose that is rising in this room that's being resurrected. I thank you, Father, for your sweet spirit, that there is peace, that there is joy. God, I thank you that somebody, uh, their life is going to be changed forever by the word that you speak today. I thank you, Father, that it's going to flow not from me, but it's going to flow through me. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Cody. Thank you again so much for being here. Uh, Pastor Don uh, ended his uh, goal message series last week with destiny. He said generosity plus opportunity equals destiny. Generosity plus opportunity equals destiny. And he talked about the story of when uh, the disciples were on the boat, and Jesus comes walking, uh, walking to them on the water, and Jesus gives, encourages Peter to get out of the boat and, and, uh, and walk uh, with him. Now, if I was one of those disciples, and now Pastor, Pastor Don mentioned this yesterday because I agree with him. If I was one of, uh, of them disciples, if I was Peter, I definitely would have been putting on a story, me walking on water, on Instagram. Like, if y'all follow me, y'all know I post everything. <laughs> Like literally, I'm posting every single thing and I'm going to do a little boomerang and it's going to show my feet walking on the water. It's going to look like that. It's like, you're going to see me. I'm going to let everybody know that I walked on water. Now you can't do it. (laughs) Hashtag walk on water pastor. (laughs) So Peter walks on the water and I think that there's two things in this story and we're going to talk about it today. I think there's two things in this story that we can relate to. The first thing I think that we can relate to, if you imagine being in a storm like that, in a boat, not a cruise ship, we talking about like a little, small, like boat, you're in in the middle of this ocean, this storm comes. First of all, I would've been upset with Jesus. Like Jesus, you know everything, and you put me out here in this storm. Really? This is what you're doing today, Jesus? We get out here and we get to this storm, the first thing that I feel that the disciples felt was fear. And I think that's something that we all experience when a storm hits our life, fear. And fear is not something that we, that we're, we're, uh, we just innately have when, we, when we're born. No, we're taught how to fear. We're taught the things that we're supposed to be afraid of. Like my kids didn't used to be afraid of cats when they were young. Now, they don't care about cats no more. But they were afraid of cats when they are young. Why? Because their mama hate cats. And every time there was a cat coming up, she was screaming, and then they would scream too, uh, like they're afraid of cats because Mama was scared of it. Like you ain't even we ain't even had no cats. You ain't never been scratched by one, and them cats, like they, them, them things, is brutal sometimes. Like they just so sneaky, and you just be walking by them, and they just, like, I ain't even touch you. Like I'm minding my own business, and you just, ain't <laughs> that how they do? They always turn their hand to the side. It's like. <laughs> fear. And I never thought that you could actually feel fear. Like, literally, you feel it in your body. Here you go. You're driving down the highway. You're going, the speed limit is 70, and you're doing 79. And you come across, you're driving down 35. You know, there's a, when you get right by the forum, when you come around that little loop right there, everybody know you come around that little loop, and then you see the little state trooper sitting there or the, or the sheriff sitting in the grass right there in front of Costco. <laughs> Y'all know. And they always be so slick. They want to sit in the place where you know, like soon it's too late, you can't slow down then. Or when you come over a hill, when you come on the other side and they sitting right there with the window pointed, window down, that gun pointed out the window, fear. <laughs> you feel like your stomach dropped down to your pinky toe, start sweating instantly (laughs) what about this one now some of y'all may not have experienced this because you probably grew up with money your whole life but some of us that wasn't our story like we had to struggle growing up we started from the bottom and now we're here (laughs) I did that for Pastor Cody (laughs) you got $50.05 in your account you go to the grocery store and they start ringing it up and you see that number just keep rising it's like And you know in your account you got fifty dollars and twenty one cents, and then you get ready to swipe that card. Fear, because you hoping that it go through. Like you know you ain't got that money in your account, and you hoping that don't decline because them people like they are just so rude. Like they won't do it on the slide and, and just like try not to embarrass you. Like excuse me. No, they want to tell you like, uh, "Excuse me, ma'am, sir, the card declined. Can you um can you give me another card?" And then you try to take it, and you're like, "Oh man, let me <laughs> try it now. Now you know it ain't no money in that account. <laughs> and wiping it in your leg ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> what about this one? You go to a friend's house and you use the bathroom." See Everybody know where we're going right there. <laughs> and that water star rising. Fear <laughs> And don't let it not be a plunger behind the toilet, like really? <laughs> then you're looking all around trying to figure out where you go, "I'm gonna get this, to, this water to go back down." We all deal with fear. <laughs> I just thought about it. <laughs> That's why when I got to use the bathroom, I ain't going to nobody's house. I'm going to wait till I get home. We're just going to hold it. We're going to hold it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I could keep going with that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to move on because I don't want Pastor Don to get an email. <laughs> we, can di- we can relate to fear. The other thing with these disciples that we can relate to in this story is we can relate to the storm because everybody deals with some kind of storm. In fact, there's probably 500 plus people here in this room right now. And there's probably 500 plus storms that are happening right now. And the thing is, and I I was talking to someone uh, after first service and he, he said this to me and I didn't think about it and I wanted to say it. The thing is, when we're going through a storm, we tend to think that we're the only one going through. In fact, there are 17 other people around you that are going through some kind of storm. Now, it may not look like your storm, but it's a storm nonetheless. We're all going through something. We're all experiencing something in our life. We're all experiencing some kind of bad thing, trauma, uh, unexpected. We're all experiencing something in our life. So we can relate to fear and we can relate to a storm. And I can look back over the over the things that I've done in my life and the things that God has saved me from. And in fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because when I look at my upbringing, when I look at how this young boy, this boy grew up in the city of Detroit, and some of the roughest neighborhoods that you can probably think of and imagine seeing some things that I shouldn't have saw, saw at, a, at a young age, And I'm standing here today, the thing that I can say is I made it. I made it. I made it in spite of what statistics said, and when statistics said that I shouldn't have been here, when statistics said that I should have been uh, locked up or in jail because I'm a young black man growing up to a single mother, I should have been uh, dead or I should have been in jail, but I made it. Now, that's my story. Your story might have been worse. Or maybe your story wasn't as bad as mine, but there was something that you've gone through as well. You made it too. In spite of the things that you've been through, you made it. Was it easy? No. But you still made it. Was it hard sometimes? Absolutely. But you still made it. And so when I was thinking about the message that I was going to preach today, I started to look at and say, well, maybe I should look at the storm a little bit differently. Maybe I should look at all of the things that I've experienced in my life. Maybe I should have a different perspective on them. And I started to ask myself this question. What if the storm that I went through was meant or was the thing that God used to push me into destiny? What if truly the thing that the enemy meant for harm, God used it to push me into my purpose. What if the thing that that the enemy was trying to use to snuff you out, God used it to get you where you are today in purpose? What if the storm was necessary? I know we like to try to avoid storms and we want to try to run away from it. But what if it was actually necessary to get you where you are today? Am I glorifying the storm? No, I am not. But what I'm telling you is you don't have to be thankful for every situation, but you can be thankful in every situation. What if the storm was necessary? What if the storm had purpose? In Acts chapter 27, what we're going to talk about today. There's a storm that hits the the life of Paul. Paul is on this ship, and he's getting ready to be taken to a place where he's going to face trial. And Paul, in fact, is telling the people before, the soldiers, and then before they get on the ship, listen, we shouldn't be doing this because it's not going to end well for us. And they're like, shut up, Paul. We got somewhere to go. (laughs) They ain't say that for real, but that's kind of what I heard when I read it. Like, I create my own story sometimes (laughs) now. So they get on this ship. Paul didn't even want to be here. He told them that they shouldn't have even been here, and the storm comes. But if you read in Acts 28... You'll see that Paul is preaching to the Romans, and Paul is preaching into to a people that he probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to preach to if he hadn't been on that ship, if it hadn't, uh, if they hadn't got hit by a storm. God utilized that broken ship; He utilized that storm to get him into purpose. What if your storm had purpose? What if that traumatic experience in your life when you were a kid, God was going to use that to get you into destiny? What if? What if that storm was necessary? Here's the thing that I feel that we can understand when we read this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 27. I said earlier that everybody in here is experiencing something in your life. Everybody is experiencing some kind of storm right now. Again, your storm may not look like my storm. In fact, my wife and I are experiencing a storm right now, a place that we haven't been in a while. In years. And y'all know me, I'm transparent. I'm going to share my stuff. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, it ain't nothing wrong. Like, we about to, like, our marriage is in, on the rocks and nothing like that. No, I ain't did nothing. She ain't killed me yet. She may have wanted to sometimes, but she hadn't done it because she couldn't get away with it. So she, I'm gonna let you live this time. (laughs) That's what happens when you got one of them ghetto wives. It's like, like, you hungry, baby? Like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm gonna eat me some Raymond noodles, because I can make that myself. Like, no. My wife ain't that crazy, she, just a little bit, but she ain't that crazy. Jesus saved her too. <laughs> Here's what I feel that we can learn about this story. The thing that we can learn is that a storm, this is our first point, write this down. The storm is inevitable. A storm in your life is inevitable there's nothing you can do to avoid it. You can't plan for it. You can try to prepare for every financial situation that may come. I'm a guy. I got six months of savings in my account. Like we using cash. We following the Dave Ramsey way. Like we doing all of that stuff. We ain't got no credit cards. I got credit cards, but I'm just, you might not have no credit cards. That's you. But you can't plan for a financial situation, a hardship to hit your life. No matter how much money you save in that that account, and you got a vacation account, and you got this account over here, this envelope that you use for cash just for gas, and you got like, you can't plan for a hard thing to hit your life. No matter how much you prepare, a storm is inevitable. And sometimes when the storm hits your life, it's not even your fault. And Paul finds himself on this ship that he didn't want to be on, and now this storm hits, and it wasn't even Paul's fault. But now Paul is experiencing the consequences or the results or the repercussions of this storm, and he didn't even want to be there to begin with. Sometimes a storm hits your life, and it ain't even your fault. I didn't want to walk away from the marriage. That person did but now I have to suffer from the consequences of the decision that they made. I didn't ask for my dad to leave when I was a kid, but now I have to suffer the consequences because of what he did when he left. And I got to deal with depression and loneliness, and I've got to deal with all of these different things because he made the decision to walk away. What happens when a storm hits your life and it's not even your fault? Paul finds himself in this specific, specific situation. You remember being a kid growing up? Maybe you got an older sibling, and they get in trouble, and then you get in trouble too, and you ain't even do nothing. And if your mama was like mine, she like, you look like you did something, so you're going to get punished too. It's like, what? like? Can you tell me what that face looks like, or when I look like I do something so I don't do it look like that again? Like, what's that face like? My kids—they play—they uh, used to play this game. Used to—I say used to—because it's banned in my house. Fortnite. That game has a demonic spirit on it. Like, no, I'm joking. Because <laughs> if you play Fortnite, I'm not saying I'm just. My kids—that's the only game that they play that they fight over. The only one. They can play any other game, but they won't fight over that. But when they play Fortnite, it's something about this game that they just, they just fight. And so one time, and my son, DJ, is younger than, than uh, my daughter, Ari. DJ will be 14 next month, and Ari will be 16 in October. Jesus, pray for me. <laughs> so he knows how to pick with his sister. Like he knows how to get under her skin. He knows all the stuff to do. And, and DJ Slick, he, he can be a jerk sometimes. I'm just uh, I'm not calling my son a jerk, but he can act like one sometimes. And he knows how to pick with her and get under her skin. And then when she like flies off the handle, then he step back, like, I ain't do nothing. And now she get in trouble for yelling because she ain't supposed to be yelling at her brother, but he was the one that like egged her on. So they playing this video game and he's like messing with her and all of this other stuff. And then she yells. I don't even remember what she said, like stop DJ or something like that. And they start arguing back and forth. And then me being the dad that I am, I'm like, all right, turn the game off. Ain't nobody playing the game. I'm shutting the whole game operation down. Everybody turn it off. (laughs) Ain't nobody playing no more. Can we play again? No, because every time y'all play, y'all end up fighting. And i am like, but I didn't even do nothing. It was DJ. You're hitting a storm in your life and you didn't even do anything. It's the fault of somebody else, but you're experiencing the consequences of it. You're experiencing the results and the repercussions of it. And it had nothing to do with you. And here's the thing. Sometimes when a storm hits our life, we want to blame God. God gets to blame all, mostly all of the time for bad things that happen in our life. But God didn't put that bad thing in your life. Stop giving, stop putting, making him uh, or blaming him for something that happened that wasn't even on him. Listen, The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Listen, God is not putting anything bad on your life, but he will use the bad things that the enemy is sending your way to push you into your purpose and into your destiny. Acts 27 verse 17 or verse 15. It says the ship was caught by the storm. And could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. Listen, this is what happens in our lives. We're like the sailors in this story. The storm comes, the wind is blowing, and they're trying to take control of the ship and turn it into the wind. And it's just not working, so they finally just give up because they realize if I keep trying to turn this ship into the wind, it's probably, we're probably going to die. So they finally just give up and let the wind take them where the wind is going to take them. Write this point down. Giving way to the problem sometimes can prevent further problems. Like some of us like to be who am I, Who are my control freaks in here? Like you just got to be in control of every. <laughs> she raised her hand. Like you raise your neighbor's hand. Like uh. <laughs> like I just got to be in control. That's me. Like I, I if I'm out of control, like that anxiety start coming up, Missy. Like I'm like. I don't like not being in control all of the time. I need deliverance. Pray for me. But you like that too. But sometimes us grabbing control or trying to be in control of a situation causes further problems. So a financial situation hits your life and you start to try to figure out how can I fix this? How can I get another job? How can I work overnight and still be be back to get home, to get the kids up, to go to school, to go to my regular job and then go do DoorDash after that and then do, like you try to come up with all of these plans to try to fix this financial situation, trying to take control of it. And what ends up happening is, you cause more problems down the line than if you just gave way to it Again, I'm not telling you to glorify the storm, but what if your storm has purpose? What if the storm was necessary? Sometimes we try to avoid storms out of fear of what the storm might do to us. But what would happen if we begin to embrace the storm? Whoa, there's a word. There's a concept. What would happen if we begin to embrace this storm? You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can't stop the storm. It's still going to happen. There's nothing you can do. So what would happen if you embrace it? It's coming whether you like it or not. Ready or not, it's coming. Listen, when you were kids, remember playing tag when you were a kid? And, you put, and that one person is, is, is it, and so they got to count, and they got to go into to the corner. And they, they don't know all their numbers just yet. And so they like, one, two, seven, nine. It's like, wait, you're cheating. Stop cheating. You got to start over. I got to find my hiding spot. And then they get to 20 and they say, ready or not, here I come. That's what the storm says to you sometimes. Ready or not, here I come. I don't care how much you prepare for it. I don't care how, how long you pray. You can fast. You can do all of those good things. And I'm t- not telling you not to do them, but what I'm telling you is, ready or not, it's coming. Ready or not, it's coming. And sometimes we just need to give way to it and allow God to use that thing that the enemy sent to harm us to push us towards our final destination. I remember a couple, uh, several years back, Ari and I were in a car accident. It's probably about six or seven years ago. And I, somebody told me, what. The, actually the police officer told me, it was on Union Street right by Crystal Santa Rosa. And you go past there, there's a railroad track for all you uh, people from New Braunfels. When you come over that railroad track, there's a street there. He said it's Dallas Street. I didn't remember the street. You come over the, over the railroad tracks, Dallas Street, there's a two-way stop there. And a lot of times people think it's a four-way stop. But it's a two-way stop. So I'm coming across and I get ready to go through the intersection. There's a guy at the other, other side. He stops at the stop sign. He did like he was supposed to. Then he comes through while I'm coming through at the same time. And he was coming directly towards my driver's side door. At the last minute, I turn, turn the wheel. He ends up hitting the back side of, our, um, of my driver's side rear. Spent us out and we hit this big, huge, uh, brick mailbox. It was literally about this big and probably about that wide. That thing was like massive. It's like Noah built it. Like really? Like Jesus. It wasn't the car that tore my, my car up. It was this brick mailbox. But right when it happened, I grabbed a hold of the steering wheel. I turned and I grabbed a hold of the steering wheel. I ended up with three herniated discs in my neck. Months and months of therapy. Physical therapy and shots and all of that stuff and god-awful chiropractic stuff. <laughs> Chiropractors are terrible when you got neck injury. They still want to crack your neck like, dude, like. <laughs> He's up a little bit. But my daughter didn't get injured at all. The doctor says, here's the reason that you got injured. The accident, you knew the car was coming. Your body tensed up. You tried to take control. And because you tried to embrace yourself for impact, it actually caused more damage. If you had just let it go, you would have been fine. But because you tried to brace yourself for impact, you caused more damage. And the reason she didn't get hurt, because she was actually asleep when it happened. So when the car hit us, she jumped up and she started screaming. But the impact, she missed all of that. Her body was still limp. When storms hit our life, we try to grab and brace for impact. And we end up causing more damage to our lives. We end up causing more damage in our relationships because we try to brace for impact and take control. When if we just did, here's my next point, write this down. When we give way to the problem, what we're doing is, is we're giving control to the Father. When I say, listen, I know that I can't do anything about this. I'm just going to let go and let God. When you give way to the problem, you give control to the father. Look at this same verse, 27:15 in the New Living Translation. It says, the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Sometimes you just got to give up. No, I'm not telling you to quit. You got to give up trying to take control and allow god to take control when you give up your uh, 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 your your ability to control the situation and you let god handle it the way he wants to handle it i promise you it'll be so much better Here's here's the promise that he gives us in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, listen, if you give me your cares, you cast your cares, cast your worries, toss them over on me. Why? Because I care for you. There are things that you are carrying that you weren't meant to carry. You're stressed out because you're carrying a weight that God never intended for you to carry. So if you cast that care on him, if you cast that worry on him, if you cast that anxiety on him, listen, he's built for it. You're not. He'll care for you. He'll care for you. And then when you get on the other side of it, you can look back and say, I made it. I made it. I didn't think that I would be here, Lacey, but I made it. It should have been a whole lot worse. It could have been a whole lot worse. There were things that I did and I didn't get caught and I should have. I made it. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of that. I made it. In fact, look at somebody next to you and tell them, I made it. I made it. Maybe you're saying, but Pastor Dave, I'm right in the middle of it right now. I'm in the middle of a storm right now. That sounds all good, getting on the other side of it, but I'm in the middle of it right now. Sometimes a storm, we're in a storm so much longer than we would like to. In this particular story in Acts 27, 20, it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Wait a minute. So this wasn't just some one-day thing? Like, it wasn't like Texas weather where you got five seasons in four hours. (laughs) Like, you get snow in the morning, it's 45 degrees, And then it's windy and rainy by six o'clock. And then it's 85, 90, sun shining by two. No, for many days, neither the sun nor the stars appeared. So during the daytime, they couldn't see the sun because it was dark. And during the night, they couldn't see the stars because it was still dark. So this storm just kept going over and over and over and over and over again. Fourteen days they're in this storm. It continued raging. And they've been in it so long, it says that we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Some of us find ourselves in that place right now. This thing has been going on so long, maybe there's not an end to it. Maybe there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes a storm blocks our ability to see the sun in our life. And it causes us to believe that there's not an end to our pain, that there's not an end to our suffering, and we lose hope. We lose hope. Sometimes a storm blocks our ability to see, not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. We get so engulfed in what we're going through, we can't see Jesus. We can't see the Father's hand in our life. We get so caught up in what we're experiencing, what we're going through, we can't see Jesus. And again, Paul finds himself in this situation, right in the middle of it, that had nothing to do with him. What does that tell me? You can be a good person, and a storm is still inevitable. You can serve in the church. You can serve in kids' ministry out in the parking lot and uh, be an usher. You can get up here on the stage and sing your little heart out, but hardship is still coming your way. You can tithe. You can give above your tithe. You can give to missions and student scholarships and, and all of this other stuff, and you can do all of that stuff, but a hardship storm is still coming by your doorstep. And I know it would be easy to say that when you do all of these good things for God, that God tells us that we should do, that that nothing bad is going to happen. But listen, that's just not reality. Bad things are still going to happen. But God can still use those bad things to work for your good. That's why you got to be careful how you judge other people when they're going through something. Because see, we try to get, we, we seem to get a little selective amnesia when we're going through, when we're not going through something, when everything is, is good in our life and somebody else is going through something. And most, most times it's the same thing that we went through, but they're handling, uh, handling it a little different than we did. And now we want to judge them because of what they're going through. Listen, you got to be careful when you judge somebody when they're going through a storm because yours is on the way, baby. It's coming. Paul tells them, I know that this storm is coming or here. I know it's been, it's been days, it's been nights. We haven't been able to see the sun. They weren't eating. They stopped eating for like days. They just, they just stopped because they were so afraid that they were about to lose their life. They're getting ready to start throwing stuff off of the ship. And Paul tells them in Acts 27, verse 22 to 23, he says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Take courage. Paul is reminding them of where his hope lies. He says, listen, my hope is not in you sailors to make sure that we get get to safety. My hope is in the God to whom I serve. And he sent an angel to remind me that this storm is not going to kill me. Yes, the ship might be destroyed, but my life is going to be preserved. Now I know you may be experiencing a storm in your life, but God is sending an angel to let you know, and I'm not calling myself an angel, but, but God is sending someone, this little boy from Detroit to let you know that, listen, you can take courage. You can take courage. You might lose the relationship. You might lose the job. You might lose the car. You might lose the house. You might lose everything around you, but you will not lose your life. Keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. When you keep your hope in the Father, he says in Isaiah 40, That those who hope, those who trust, those who wait on God will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They can run and not get weary. They can walk and not faint. When your hope is in the God to whom you serve, do you know that an eagle is the only bird that can fly above a storm? To stay away from the effects of a storm, an eagle flies above the storm. Keep up your courage. And you can keep up your courage, and I gotta move because, point number three, write this down. Daylight is coming. Daylight is coming. 27 verse 39 says that when daylight came, they did not recognize the land. What you see here, 14 days in this storm, And then they finally see the break of day and they have been in this darkness, they have been in this storm so long, they didn't even know what the land looked like anymore. Maybe that's you. You've been in the storm of your relationship and your marriage for so long, you don't even know what it looks like for a marriage to be without an argument. You've been struggling and dealing with depression and anxiety for so long, you don't, know what it re- you don't even remember what it looks like to be happy, to smile. You struggled financially so long, you don't even remember what it feels like to not stress about how you're gonna make that next payment, but can I tell you the daylight's coming? Can I encourage you that daylight is coming? Last thing I want to tell you before we go, point number four, you are going to make it. It seems tough right now. Seems like you can't see the break of day, but you are going to make it. And if there's nothing that you get out of this message, but this last point, let this be the thing that carries you, you're going to make it. Verse 43, 44 says this, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Now I've read this story so many times. I preached from this message from this passage before, and I always ended up focusing. And we're here. A lot of people do also focus on the fact that they got to the land safely that they experienced this, uh, this storm and the ship was wrecked, but they all got to the land safely. Hallelujah. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating the fact that we got to the land safely. But I was sharing with Pastor Eric the other day, letting him know, you know, the message that he asked me, he said, what are you going to be preaching now about? And I was kind of sharing him the concept, the idea that I had. And he said something and I wrote it down and I want to I tell you this as well because I, I didn't want to forget it because this was the part that I, fo- that I wanted to focus on and I mentioned it to him there. The fact that some people were able to jump over the ship, over the side of the ship and swim to the land and that others had to grab broken pieces of the ship but they still got to the shore. He said, listen, sometimes we forget about the value of the piece that got us to where we are simply because we're at the shore. And a lot of times... We wanna forget the past that we experienced. We wanna forget the brokenness that we experienced in our past. I like to feel that I'm a good dad now. You agree? You better. It's my daughter, she's sitting right there. I like to feel that I'm a good dad now. But can I tell you that I feel that I'm a good dad now because the broken piece of when my dad left And we don't like to focus on that sometimes. But if I didn't focus on this piece, yeah, I might not have been like you. And it was easy for you to just jump over and swim to the shore. I had to use this broken piece to get me to where I am today. But I'm still there. We're all going to get to purpose. We're all going to get to destiny, but it may look different. But don't judge someone because your process was easy and their process is hard. As long as we get there. But then I also want you to know, don't forget about your peace. Don't forget about that broken peace in your life. Did you ask for it? No. You didn't ask for it. But God can use that broken peace to get you to purpose, to get you to destiny. Take value in that peace. Take value in the brokenness. But Pastor Dave, I don't want to remember it. It hurts too bad to remember it. Look where you are today. It didn't kill you. It didn't destroy you. You made it. And the reason that you made it, contrary to popular belief, is probably because you went through that tough time. I can tell you that my wife and I are in a a great place in our marriage right now. A great place. But 10, 12 years ago, well, 12 years ago, because we've been here for 10 years now. It was two years before we moved here. 12 years ago, there was a broken piece in our relationship. Not something that she did, something that I did. You can ask me afterwards, I'll tell you. I'm not ashamed of the things that I've gone through. I made a bad decision. But it was that broken piece that God used to get us to the place that we are in our marriage today. Did I wanna go through that moment? No. Nobody asks for that stuff. Nobody asks for bad things to happen in their lives. But we're in the place that we are now because we went through that. Take value in the broken piece. Take value in the broken piece. You're where you are today because of the broken peace. Where you are today because God used your storm to push you into destiny, to push you into your purpose. And sometimes the devil looks at us and he says, Albert, I almost got you. I almost got you. But you can look back at him and JJ, you can tell him, almost only counts in horseshoes. You tried to destroy me, but you didn't. Y'all remember that State Farm commercial? When the old guy with the, is that State Farm? With the, with the fishing rod and the money on the end of it? He said, oh, you gotta be quicker than that. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> Imagine God holding that fishing line with you on the end of it on the other side. An enemy is trying to reach up and grab you and take your life. And God says, ha, you got to be quicker than that. You made it. You made it. You made it, Jerry. You made it. Didn't look like you were going to make it sometimes, Jerry but you made it. It was hard. Some things that you lost. There were some things you had to give up. There was some pain that you wish you didn't experience, but you made it. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of it. After all the things that I've been through, I'm still here. After all the times that the enemy tried to take my life, I'm still here. He thought he had me, but I'm still here. After all the things that I've been through, I still have my joy. After all the things, the hard times, the trauma that I experienced in my life, I'm still standing. You thought you had me, but greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Somebody give God a praise that you made it. You should have been gone, but you made it. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My storm, the storms of my life are the reason that I can stay humble because I know where God brought me from. I know what God healed me from. I know what he delivered me from. That's why I can't judge anybody. You'll never hear me judge anybody for what they're going through because I know the things that God saved me of, the things that people know about and the private stuff that don't nobody know about. I know what God did for me. And I want to encourage you. I know we're going over a couple minutes. I want to encourage you. You made it. You made it. And the tears that you see because sometimes God gives me a flashback. Sometimes he gives me a flashback. The places that he delivered me from. It's never to make you feel ashamed. It's never to make you be uh, uh, upset or anything like that. Sometimes in the middle of a storm, God will remind you where he brought you from so that you can have faith to get through this one. Somebody sent me this passage of scripture earlier. I'm done, I'm really done. In Psalm chapter, I think it was 119, when the writer said that I wouldn't, um, let me see, let me find it, 119. He says, that I take pride or I take joy in my affliction. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. I wouldn't have known that you were faithful if I hadn't been in a situation where I needed to see your faithfulness. I wouldn't know that you were a forgiver if I hadn't done something stupid and needed you to forgive me of it. So I am okay. I'm good with my afflictions because it's because of the things that I've gone through, I now know that you're a good God and you're a faithful God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you wanna find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.